This is the last Sunday of the series, Not Far from the Kingdom. And today's message will certainly be along with that theme, but a little different in approach. Because first of all, I speak to the child of God. Those of you who have heard the gospel and received its truth with gladness, joy, and heart. I seek to challenge you today from the Lord's Word and also to encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Our scripture text will come from Acts chapter 7 and 54 through 60. Acts chapter 7, 54 through 60. This is the story of the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr of the New Covenant, the New Testament church. We begin to see Stephen in chapter 6 of Acts as there is a need for men to serve the people in the office of a deacon. And we see that the Scriptures tell us that Stephen was full of grace and power and was doing many great wonders and signs among the people. Some came to him, and uh, his wisdom they could not withstand, and the spirit within him which was speaking. And so, uh, if you will, a mock trial was set up to accuse Stephen. And they accused him specifically as they brought him before the council. They said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place, speaking of the temple and the law. So they were saying that Stephen was speaking against the temple and was speaking against Moses and the law. And so Stephen there before the council gave a mighty sermon answering those two questions, ending up with the quoting of Isaiah, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hands make all these things? And then Stephen concludes his message with you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Are they And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous ones, speaking of Jesus Christ. And then he says, Whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. That, as we begin to read, read enraged, those, this Jewish council and those listening. That brings us up to chapter 7 and verse 54. And if you would now, if you are physically able, stand with me in the reverence and honor of the reading of God's Word. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at Him. But He, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
But they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, who, as we know, would become the Apostle Paul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word today. You may be seated. Even in hostile persecution and extreme pain and death, Stephen found that day that the kingdom and its king, Jesus Christ, were not far from him. You and your pain today and your persecution, may you also realize and may your eyes be open to this beautiful reality today. Jesus is near his people. Let's pray. Father, oh, how we need your glory. We know that you were not far from Stephen, and you are not far from us. Awaken us, Lord, to this reality today, and speak to us through your word. May you take control of my mind and my tongue, and use me, Lord, to teach truths that will draw people into you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I have for some time been in awe of Stephen's faith and his faithfulness. His faith in the resurrected Christ, his leadership in the early church, his desire to serve Christ all the way to end. And Stephen had both feet on the rock of Jesus Christ. No part of his body was on the shifting sands of the world. And we must ask ourselves today, are our feet, both feet, is all of our body upon the rock of Jesus Christ? Will we be found faithful like Stephen was even in persecution and martyrdom today? His faith produced faithfulness to Christ even unto his death. And true faith does that. True faith leads to faithfulness in Christ in all circumstances of life. There is today being taught and believed an easy believism, if you will. That yes, I can uh, ask Jesus to come into my heart. And that I'll do a, a small devotion each day and And I will believe that He is with me and wants to bless me in all things. But as far as being faithful and living for Him or for myself, I'll live for myself. And I want to tell you, nothing could be further from the truth of a genuine, true Christian faith. True and genuine faith leads to faithfulness in all circumstances of life. This is true faith. That one trusts in the Lord, even when they are being cast outside of the city, if you will, and stones are being selected to be hurled at you. And when circumstances show that all is lost, 
And they will at times. If we look around us, we'll say, all is lost in this situation in my life. This cannot be redeemed. But when circumstances show that all is lost, you are happy in God and God alone. This is genuine and true faith. Just give me Jesus and all will be well. When Stephen's life was coming to a premature end, we see Stephen looking for Christ, gazing into heaven. God grant us Christians that will be gazing into heaven when the world is throwing their stones. Amen? I'm also not only in awe of the faith and the faithfulness of Stephen, but I'm also haunted by the abiding audience of Christ in the life of His servant, especially in this story. I'm like you, I rejoice in the abiding presence of Christ to know that I can come to Him in prayer and worship at any time in my life. I rejoice in the Scriptures that teach us that Jesus is always near to us and close to His children. To think that the kingdom and its king is always near, is not far away. But at times I would also be honest with you to think of the audience that Stephen had, the audience of God and Jesus Christ standing at his right side, also makes me, causes me to shudder or tremble because I would be ashamed when I have not exercised faith and faithfulness with the eyes of the Lord upon me. You know, we, we live in a society that often wants to do something great in their life, but not do good in their life each day. Think about that for a moment. You see this every day on social media in many different ways. People want to be remembered or known or recognized for doing something great in their life. To be noticed. To be remembered. I I truly believe that is one of the pressures upon many young people today that they feel if they're going to be noticed in life and appreciated, they have to do something great. And so we have a society that we see every day of people thinking they have to do something great, however, they do not desire to do good each day of their life, day in and day out. To be faithful to Christ. The Scripture says, do not grow weary in doing good. I do not see a Scripture that says, be recognized for doing something great. The greatness we ascribe to our Savior Jesus Christ, but we are to be faithful and true day in and day out. Doing good to glorify God the Father. Pointing people to our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, that His name might be lifted up and honored among men. You see, the very best faith is an everyday faith. Amen? The faith when there are seven Sundays in a week, if you know what I mean. 
that each day you spend time to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to talk to Him, to serve Him, to be obedient to His Word and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Where trust, dependence, and obedience to Christ is never idle in our life. This is true and genuine faith. This is an everyday faith. It deals with how you treat and speak and do good to those you work with. It's an everyday faith that does the same in the home place, in the kitchen, in the dining room, in the living room. It's an everyday faith. It has faith and gives thanks to God for food before us and clothing upon our body and many other blessings. It's an everyday faith that trusts God when things are slim and rejoices in the blessings when you are eating upon the fat. It's an everyday faith, whether you be at Walmart or at work or at home. You have faith in all circumstances. It's when there's more month at the end of your money kind of faith that you continue to trust Christ and to do good. We must be faithful every day so that we will be faithful to the end. Seven Sundays in a week. A faith ever looking for Christ and using the access to the kingdom through Christ that He has given us in His life and in His death and His burial and resurrection. It is to have an everyday active faith. And that was the faith that Stephen had. And we see that God honored this faith. The first church martyr, Stephen. With all of that in mind, I seek to challenge you today and to encourage you from God's Word that when you are in pain, we are to gaze into heaven. Your king and his kingdom is not far from you. When you are in pain today, as Stephen was, you find yourself gazing into heaven, looking for your Redeemer. I'm not talking about a silly having your head in the clouds, but an act of faith that is seeking Christ in your pain. Pain is a reality of life in this fallen world. And Christians are not immune to it. Even children of God who trust and believe are not immune to pain. Today you have experienced pain throughout this past week. There is pain today. It might be physically, it might be emotionally from circumstances that have happened in your life. Even spiritually, at times, we're in pain. It's a reality of life. We are not in heaven yet. And even though we are God's children, we are not immune to it. Pain is something we all experience. And God does not waste our pain. His eyes are upon you like His eyes were upon Stephen. He is close to you like He was Stephen. He cares for you like He cared for Stephen. He did not stop the stoning, but He revealed His glory to Stephen. 
And so he is close to you, child of God, today. And so we must be faithful and looking to Christ even in our pain, even in our sorrow. 1 Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered a little, God will strengthen you. What a glorious promise. And 2 Corinthians 4.8 says, We are afflicted but not crushed. Why? Because God is not far from us. The kingdom is close. Our King is ever-present in our life. These moments of pain are, as the Apostle Paul wrote, are momentary light afflictions. You might say it doesn't seem momentary and it doesn't seem like what I'm going through. But Paul said they are momentary light afflictions because they do not compare with the grace and glory that will be experienced by every believer in Jesus Christ. It doesn't compare. It does not compare to the glory of Christ. It does not compare to what you, child of God, who have received and professed Jesus Christ as your Savior, will experience all throughout eternity. Your pain might have lasted many years now. Continue to believe and gaze into heaven. It is a momentary light affliction compared to what God has in store for His people. And God reveals His greatest graces many times in the midst of extreme pain. You have experienced that most likely if you've been a child of God for very long. That many times it's in the greatest pains and you're gazing into heaven when you see the most beautiful graces and the glory of Jesus Christ. And they might just be for moments. And then the pain returns. But the glory you saw, the the grace you received, continues to feed your soul that you continue to believe and continue to trust. But we must be looking unto Him in our pain. We must exercise the everyday faith. We must be in His Word. We must be about prayer. We must be about assembling with the saints and worshiping Him even in our pain. Stephen was gazing into heaven while he was being cast out of the city and rocks being thrown at him. Not only do I encourage you in your pain to look into heaven and to have the everyday faith, but when you are persecuted for the name of Christ and your faith in Him, persevere. Be strong in the Lord and do not waver. The eternal weight of glory and reward of heaven is awaiting you. And beloved, I want to tell you, if you are living with an everyday faith that leads to faithfulness, you will be persecuted to some degree. I understand that at this point in our lives, most likely we are not going to be cast outside of the city and have rocks hurled at us, at least unto death. But we still see persecution. It might be that your spouse is not a believer, and he or she persecutes you with words and guilt for your faith in Jesus Christ. It might be co-workers. It might be 
the persecution that your children do not accept your faith. In some way, we still experience persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's plain and simple, isn't it? All who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. The question is, do you desire to live a godly life? And that's why many times we aren't persecuted because our desire to live a godly life is not there. 1 Peter 4.1 says, Since Christ suffered, arm yourself with the same mind. 2 Timothy in chapter 4 and again in chapter 2, Paul told Timothy, endure hardship. Again he says in chapter 2 and 3, endure hardship as a soldier in Christ. And another passage found in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verses 12 through 14, he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If we desire to live a godly life, we will be persecuted in some way and to some degree. And beloved, we see even in America today a huge culture shift over the last 30, 40 years in America. And it seems to be quicker now, gaining steam even in the last 10 to 15 years. There is indifference toward the church. There is anger towards the church. There are accusations against the church. There was a time upon American soil that even though people might not have been Christians, or even though they might not have went to church all the time, there was still a general respect for what the church did. That is not the case like it was years ago in America. Persecution has come to Christians. It's not being cast out of the city and being stoned, but it has come in different ways and is continuing to come. And beloved, I want to say this. If you do not see, listen to my words, if you do not see an organized strategic movement against Christianity and our beliefs in America, then your head is deeper in the sand than any ostrich has went before. And it is organized. And it is strategic. It has come and is coming and will continue to come. It will be in different ways. It will be through the changing of laws and to try to silence the Word of God. But it has come and it is coming. And the Scriptures teach us this, that things will get worse. But also history towards Christianity also teaches us this.
It will get worse. But I want to say, we will not bow and we will not bend. Remain faithful in it all, small or great. Because to you the victory and the reward is in the glories of heaven. Stay faithful. Be strong in the Lord. Do not waver upon the truth. God is close to you as He was to Stephen. And lastly, not only must we have faith in our pain and everyday act of faith and be faithful and to persevere in persecution, but lastly, as we see in the life of Stephen, when our body is perishing, we must be at peace. Only Christ can bring this peace when we are passing from this life. Even with those who have done you harm, we saw the words of Stephen before he took his last breath and fell asleep, and his soul was ushered into the presence of Jesus. He said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Who does that sound like? That's right, Jesus Christ. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And those in darkness do not know what they're doing. Those who persecute us do not know what they're doing. Those even in our own city that despise having prayer before a council meeting do not hate them. They don't know what they're doing. They're in darkness. Their eyes have not been enlightened to the truth and the glory and the person of Jesus Christ. Others that persecute you for your faith or hate you or despise you or do harm to you, we must be at peace trusting the Lord with it all. Why? Because Jesus holds our reward. And the kingdom is not far from you. Even when you're about to die, be at peace. The psalmist said in Psalms 116.15, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. One day when we pass away from this life to the next, if you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, His angels will usher your redeemed soul into His presence and the promise of paradise. I, I read for you now uh, an old hymn actually from the 1800s it's entitled, It Is Not Death to Die. It is not death to die, to leave this weary road, and midst the brotherhood on high, to be at home with God. It is not death to close the eye long dimmed with tears, and wake in glorious repose to spend eternal years. It is not death to bear the wrench that sets us free from dungeon chain, to breathe the air of boundless liberty. It is not death to fling aside this sinful dust and rise on strong, exulting wing to live among the just. Jesus, Thou Prince of Life, Thy chosen cannot die. Like Thee, they conquer in the strife to reign with Thee on high. Child of God, if you are redeemed, it is not death to die. Hmm. 
You have Jesus as your Savior and Lord. It is not death to die. Death is just the gate to endless joy and the kingdom that is not far from you now. And I'll say this, Christ is not satisfied until He brings His children home. He is ever working to bring you perfected to heaven. And He is not satisfied in His work until He does that. And you are safely with Him. Dear saint of God, I encourage you today. The king and his kingdom are not far from you as they were not far from Stephen, even in his physical pain, even in his persecution, and even as he perished, he saw the glory of God. And Jesus is not far from you today either. He is close in your pain. He is close in your persecutions. And He will be close to you one day when you pass from this life to the next. The kingdom is not far from us. What a glorious truth to rejoice in. And because of that, have faith and trust Him. Do not waver and be at peace Look unto Christ Jesus today. Gaze into heaven. Why? Because He is here even today. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy. I will bless His name again. He is here. Listen closely. Hear Him calling out your name. He is here and you can touch Him. You will never be the same. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes on the sparrow. And I know He watches me. Aren't you glad of that today, child of God? Christ and His kingdom are not far from you. He knows what you're experiencing. He knows your pain. He cares. He is close. He knows the persecution that you are going through or will go through someday. And He already knows the day, the hours and the minutes, when you will close your eyes and breathe your last and pass into His glorious presence. And you know He's longing for that day to bring you home. And He will not rest working in and through your life to bring you into Himself. Glorious truths. As he was close to Stephen, he will 
be close to you. Child of God, are you in pain today? Are you being persecuted? Maybe even as we all are a little each day, perishing. Let us all gaze into the heavens and to fix our eyes upon the altar and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. Know that He is close and trust Him with your pain. Trust Him with your persecution. Trust Him in your death as well when you are perishing. Maybe today as we come to a time of invitation that you need strength, the kingdom is not far from you. Call out to Him today. Wisdom He tells us to ask for and to believe. Maybe, child of God, you just need to draw strength from fixing your soul's gaze upon your Savior. He will give you strength and wisdom in all things and blessings. We'll have a time where maybe you can come. I'd love to pray with you or you can just come to the altar and pray for the God that is not far from you to help you. Maybe, child of God, you've not been desiring to live a godly life. You've been living for yourself. And you see that you need to come back to the Christ that saved you and to the life that He's called you to live. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to be obedient into baptism or some other calling that He's stirring in your soul. But let me also speak to those of you who have continued to be defiant and to His pleas for you to come to Him. Do not expect peace in your pain if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And do not expect to see His glory when you close your eyes in death one day. It will be quite a different story for you. Yes, you will experience God's presence in hell, but it will not be in a graceful, benevolent manner. His wrath will be upon you for eternity. That is coming if you reject Jesus Christ. You will not see reward, but you will see pain and suffering forever and regret of why. You'll remember this moment today if you reject Jesus Christ again today. You'll remember this day and every time that you rejected the gospel message you'll remember it in hell throughout eternity. And I want to tell you, you'll experience wrath because you might say, but God is love. He is love, but He's also holy. And He is merciful, and He's also just. So He must just, justly punish sin. But He poured out His wrath upon His Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross of Calvary so that you would not have to experience that forever in hell. You too need to gaze to Christ in the cross today and to receive His free gift of eternal salvation through the giving of His Son. 
There is room at the cross for you. Doesn't matter what you've done or how many times you've rejected it, today you can receive it and see the glory and the goodness and the grace of God.